Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I am your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got Jesse Loesch. Oh my God, that's me. I didn't know you were going to start with me. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I've I got... am with all of you. Oh, good. I've got Ross Bell, but it's not Ross Bell. It's Adam. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good, good. I've got Nathan. How are you? Evening. We good? Good, man. Tough week in the workhouse? Always, yeah. First week back at work for three weeks. So, yeah, it's been a killer. Good lad. And he's back after a few weeks. Ladies, stick your lippy on. Spray perfume down there. He's here. It's Housewives' favourite, Andy Manson. Uh, also not Ross Bell. But um, also- I can be if you need me to be. Leads are terrible. Uh, I'm it's really depressed about it. It's, it's difficult uh, to naturally be that tall, Andy, though. That's true. I even in my even in my lifts, I think I'd still fall well short with the marks. Yeah. Follically, are you there? Follically, yes. I think I'm very close to Ross at this <laughs> point. Yes. And uh, do you have tattoos? I do not. No. Okay. Damn. Right. Okay. I've got a lot of work today before <laughs> before I'm ready to enter the cosplay tournament scene. <laughs> Whatever you very... like a man on the post fundraiser, and whoever donates <laughs> the most gets to decide Andy's first tattoo. That would be a very niche cosplay, wouldn't it? The Ross. I Bell. just love the idea of Ross Bell cosplay. <laughs> Ross play. There we go. Ross play. <laughs> yeah, that could be done at the first RossyCon. <laughs> RossCon twenty twenty. <laughs> RossCon twenty twenty four. Yeah, could do that, couldn't we? <laughs> it's happening now. <laughs> I'll, I'll book out Gosport's Convention Centre, but spoiler alert: it is a scout hunt. <laughs> Are we going to fill a scout hut? <laughs> it's not a very big scout hut. That's lofty, that is. The scouts aren't doing so well down here. Well, how, about, narcs. how about if we book it on a day that there's actually a scouts meeting scout to place? <laughs> so there ain't no people will be there. <laughs> we'll triple our attendance. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So uh, we're going to talk about the Champions League this week, um, other bits of European leagues, um, or sort of European leagues, um, European competitions, some European leagues, Premier League that happened earlier on this week and Premier League games come this weekend. So first of all, we are going to start in Italy, the San Siro, Tuesday night into one Milan nil. Uh, Lataro Martinez after 74 minutes um, into win 3-0 on aggregate. Uh, Adam, you told me pre-record you watched this. So was the tie over in the first 11 minutes of the first leg? Did Milan look like they were going to make a contest of this tour? Why the why eleven minutes? What happened in the first eleven minutes? Uh, Inter scored two goals in the first eleven minutes of the first. Oh, the first leg. Sorry, I, I, did I not say that? Sorry, you might have done. I just blank out sometimes. Um, uh, what's the tie over? I felt like when I was watching that first leg, I felt that the tie was over. Mm. Um, Before or I after went, eleven minutes? I, I waited all the way till the end. I think. Okay. I, wait, uh, I, I let them have the full 90. 
Um, so I wasn't going into this game with much hope. Um, I thought that the first 15 minutes of this game were were kind of okay. There was a, it was quite end, it was very end to end actually, and the, both keepers pulled out some some big saves. But this was a game that always desperately needed a Milan goal, ideally quite early on, and it didn't get it. And so this game really kind of struggled to hold my attention, if I'm honest. It wasn't it wasn't the best. Do you think? into sort of suck the life out of the game to sort of nullify it to... I think... I think that, no, mm, do I think that? May, uh, I'd like to say that, but I think that maybe that's sort of like post it, put, putting a narrative on the game afterwards when you see the result. But AC Milan had some very good chances. Like I said, said um, that both goalkeepers were, were uh, called into action and made some... Some very good saves, very good saves. And so I don't think that the bounce of the ball is a slight different way. I think that it, you're talking about some very fine margins about claiming that that Inter was sort of this excellent sort of like suffocating all the oxygen out of the room and, and just killing the game. I think that maybe in that first 20 minutes, Milan had too many chances to save it. Inter did that successfully. Okay. Um, did anybody else see this game as well? Does anyone concur with Adam? So I saw bits of it. The, the thing I would say is, under normal circumstances, if this was two teams who played in a different stadium, what I would have said after the first tie is that Inter might have regretted not killing it off in that first one because they had chances. To, they could have won that game 4-5-0 mm. easily. Didn't. And I did wonder about the return leg and then I remembered that in actual fact it won't really have felt like an away leg for Inter it'll just I, feel like another home leg I was uh, thinking about that watching the game I thinking how ludicrous it would be if away goals were still in place <laughs> for that difficult long away European travel <laughs> um, yeah so yeah I, I thought that there was a part of me that wondered if Inter had done enough in that first air leg um as Adam said, that Milan had their chances certainly in the second leg. I think they definitely benefited from having Rafael Leao back. Um, 100%. Messias, I think, missed a couple of really good chances. He'll he'll be he'll be kicking himself. He might miss, but he'll try and kick himself. Um, yeah, and our, as, as much as I agree with Adam that I don't think people necessarily think of Inter as a suffocating defensive side like you might wear, wear Jose Mourinho, Roma, um, I think that's something like six clean sheets in the last seven knockout. Oh, don't get me games. don't get me wrong, Andy. I def, I I, yeah, I think you're right about that stat. I think it might even yeah. be something like five in the last seven games. Anyway, I didn't yeah. know whether mm-hmm. it was just knockout. I don't think that that is something that Inter aren't capable of. I just don't think that that is. I don't think that they. It was like this. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, this sort of trademark Italian Atanacho. Perfect defensive yeah, display. Not, no, where Milan have those chances. Yeah, and um, just to go back to uh, Adam's earlier point, uh, when Milan and Inter played each other in the 2003 Champions League semi-final, uh, Milan were the first were, were deemed the home team at first. They drew nil nil. Second leg was a one one draw. Thus, Milan went through on away goals. Ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, and, yeah. and, that the, and then went to, the... and then went to. Um, 
for Old Trafford and yes. took part in the worst Champions League final possibly of all time. <laughs> Attended by a young Jordan Henderson. Where also, was it um, Buffon and Dida took the piss so much that they started, they literally changed the rules on where goalkeepers <laughs> were, were allowed to stand. It turns out it isn't the six-yard line. Exactly. Sorry, Andy, I interrupted you. No, I was I was wondering whether that was. I don't think it was. I think this was later. The one that essentially got abandoned. Didn't one of the games get abandoned or suspended early? A Champions League match between those two. Oh, it's yeah. got the iconic picture of yeah. Matarazzi and is it Rui Costa? Costa? Yeah, standing against the backdrop of the the flares going off in the stadium. I think I think that was a Champions League. That was. Uh, I think you might be right. I think it might be 2003. Matarazzi, who was amongst the Inter Ultras this week, along with Wesley Schneider, which is pretty cool. Um, Jesse and Nathan, did you see this game? I didn't know. I've only seen uh, highlights. Okay, well, look, we'll start with you guys for the next game. So, um, first Champions League final in 13 years at Inter when they won it under that Mourinho team. Um, so Wednesday, uh, Inter found out who they played. It was Manchester City for Real Madrid, nil five one on aggregate to Manchester City. Uh, Bernardo Silva with two goals, Akanji and Alvarez also with two goals. Uh, sorry, with a goal each. Um, City lost their previous two semi finals to Real Madrid. Uh, Nathan and Jesse, how long were you watching this game for before you finally thought Madrid aren't going to Madrid their way through this? Nathan, you want to uh, go first? Uh, I, well, I, I didn't watch the game. I only watched the highlights of this one as okay. well. But um, it kind of—I was, I was following it on the uh, on the text updates, and it kind of felt like City went one up and and straight away just that just gave them all the belief that uh, as if they needed any more hmm. that they could that they could really kick on, and and obviously ultimately they did. Um, okay. I just think in this game, the, the player that stood out for me was Bernardo Silva. I just think he's criminally underused and underrated as a player. Hot take from Nathan picking the guy who scored the first two goals. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think this, I think there's an underrated player in this game, the guy who scored two, two goals, one man of the match. I think people aren't talking about him enough. I, I don't... I, I, just, I just think he gets lost in that team of ridiculousness in terms of the... You know, it's always like... Haaland or De Bruyne or even before that you had sort of like David Silver and Aguero I think he's just quietly gone under the radar at City he's just a quality player Chris to um to answer your original question that you put to Nathan and Jesse I can tell you that um Emma was not convinced until Akanji scored oh really okay so hey, what was that is that the third goal that was the third goal third goal Jesse sorry in another case of Emma and me being the exact same person, um, I, I also really, it took me a while, I think, looking back, mostly because Cotois was so good um, and in a way that almost like you felt like he alone would save the team. Um, Unfortunately, he doesn't score goals, Jesse. Uh, well, yet, but also because... It, it, you know, Madrid still do have that aura of being able to pull things out last minute. And with this amount of talent, clearly on both sides, it seemed until then, like, if Madrid scored one, they would have been able to keep going. I think, the, I, I think the thing to take from, uh, take from that is that 
City were absolutely dominant in the first half in the in the Bernabeu, um, to the to the almost to the same extent that they were in this game, um, and uh, Madrid went in one 0 at half time. Yeah, because they scored completely against the run of play. Or oh, was it just after half? I can't remember. And they do that whatever whatever way. Whatever, whenever it was, I can't remember if it was just before or just after half time. Whatever that Vinicius goal was, completely against the run of play. So, even though you're watching City dominate on the ball, you you still thought that there was a chance. However, there was something different about this game because I'm I'm willing to go as far as to say that I think that that performance from City on Wednesday is the best performance I've seen from a football team since Barcelona against United in 2011. Okay. Anyone disagree with that? No, I was going to say, I'd add similarly to, to others on the call. I'd, I also didn't feel 100% confident since that we're going to win until the third goal, um, just because we know what Madrid did, not just to City, but to Chelsea. Uh, last season, uh, their powers of recovery are, are, have been pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I mean, this was this was as good a performance as, as City have ever uh, put in under Guardiola. Um, I'd, we'll talk about Bernardo Silva, and perhaps he is a little underrated within that City team that people get more. It's a similar story with uh, Ilkay Gundogan, who in the last month to six weeks, has been arguably the best player in the Premier League. Um, oh, so we've come, we've come from Nathan choosing Bernardo Silva scoring two goals last night to Andy choosing Gundogan, who scored four goals in his last two Premier League games. Yeah, see, I if you're not, go, if you're not you. going to house it in the context, Adam, <laughs> then of course, that's, it's what no, that's what it is. Do, when you have a team that is so chock full of superstars, you do forget about one or two of them. Yeah, they could they could rotate like and no, no, because he won't. He only ever chips in with the occasional sort of twenty five yard screamer. People people also aren't talking about Rodri or and season season long again. You can say, oh, are people are people giving enough respect to to Jack Grealish and then Phil Foden and and, Ma, and Mahrez come off the bench? Like it's just ridiculous. Um, just a. Quick question. I, I seem to remember, I mean, they've they won, obviously, a lot of Champions Leagues in the last 10 years. Uh, but I remember for quite a lot of it, people were questioning how good this Real Madrid team were. Have they won all these Champions Leagues till recently by not playing very well, but sort of knowing how to win? And did that yeah. finally give them a comeuppance last night? 100%. I can't remember the last time Real Madrid were good. Yeah, exactly. I can't either. Does anyone else agree with that? You know, they're good when they need to be good, and and no, no, they're not. They just say that the players are good. Yes, yes. This is a team that should be so much better, considering what they have. It, yeah, it's a, it's a team of of individual talent up front. Um, it used to be a team where a midfield could put in a shift together when you had Cruz, Modric and Casemiro and they were a well-oiled unit and there was always some sort of like shithousery going on at the back and now they've got Courtois, which again, uh, just quick, Jesse's talked about how good he was. I think that I get, Emma and I came to the conclusion 
and I, I think we can welcome Jesse in as the same person again that Gortar's probably the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Yeah, I'm mean, trying to think back to last season. So when they were in the semi-final against Manchester City, I think Real Madrid were behind from the first minute of the first leg to the 90th minute of the second leg and still went through. And if it wasn't for Courtois in the final, Liverpool would have won that Champions League. So they, they you're not trying get to, through. You're not trying to repurpose Sid Lowe's argument in The Guardian and on Football Weekly, are you, Chris, that they were only good for one half of the entire knockout stages last year? I wasn't learning because I forgot how many he'd said. But, <laughs> but, what did he say the first half against Chelsea? First half against Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, but it does feel like that. And it's felt like that for some time. Andy and Nathan, what do you think of it? So I, I think part of the, the issue with Real Madrid at the moment is that they are very much heading towards a, a transitional stage. I think we've seen that in the league this season. We've definitely seen it in the Champions League where they've been thoroughly outplayed by a peer. Um, they potentially will be very good in two to three years' time. I mean, when you think about the age of Chouameni, Camavinga, uh, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr., um, they are definitely going to be a very good team in the near future. But yeah, I think the way they're built at the moment, and that's partly down to the manager. Ancelotti is obviously has always been a very pragmatic manager. Um he has put them out to do what they need to do. Um so yeah, I I understand the argument that that means you could turn around and say that they've not been good, but I I'd say they've been selectively good and good when they've needed to be. And that's why they've won as many uh, trophies in the last kind of five, six years as they have. Yeah. Nathan, what do you uh, think? Sorry. You think <laughs> trying to let everyone talk. Sorry. Go on, Jesse. You're very bad at that. I'm kidding. Um, do you guys think <laughs> that, that where they are now, though, they'll be able to retain a lot of those young players? Like with the lure of a man city and the money, I could, and how he's being treated, I could see Vinicius Jr. wanting to, you know, leave or like, is is Real still such a draw that they'll be Yes. To- come, come on, Jesse, you like, especially for South American kids, like. Oh, you uh, go to Spain first, yes. Uh, yeah. Like Real Madrid and Barcelona are the only show in town, right? Yes. Like, That's very true. Um, they're still they're still one of the three four biggest clubs in the world. Like um I wonder, Chris, whether some of it is sort of whether there's a slight narrative to how we look view Real Madrid that they don't have the I'm gonna say superstar manager, but when obviously their managers are superstars, but I mean it in the way that sort of like it isn't about the cult of the manager and sort of like they're not the the tactical the tactical genius. It's not. It's not uh, Guardiola or Klopp or Pochettino or even sort of Javi at Barcelona. It's Angelotti and Zidane who are sort of rara men. Maybe they're very lazy, fair, aren't they? Sort of like yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I get that. I understand that. Um, yeah, Nathan. Um, Manchester City fans on Twitter they sort of they sort of came across as uh, City being the little team that could. Um, Ignoring 115 charges against them, I actually lost a follower uh, because 
I didn't even tweet anything that bad. I just tweeted that uh, I'm torn between sort of sports washing and want, only wanting good things for uh, Erling Haaland and Jack Grealish. And someone replied to say, well, I'm going to follow you now. So, Ooh, yeah. I think it worse. I would point out Erling Haaland's unfortunate history of retweeting Trump. Well, yeah, he's a likable little goth though, isn't he? Um, yeah, Nathan, um, what do you think to sort of, do we, is everything come with a caveat for Man City until these charges are either proven or disproven? Yeah, I think it certainly leaves a grey cloud, doesn't it? And, you know, they'll, they'll always be the, the club that have thrown money at it rather than done it in a traditional way. But that seems to be the way of the world at the moment, doesn't it? Um, Still fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, sorry, something in my throat. <laughs> I think I think the other ha- the other section who are like the you know City are still a little club. I think they might be the uh, the guys who probably watched the was it the Division Two playoff final against Gillingham. I think there's still a few of those City fans still knocking around, still sort of viewing City as that club that have come from rags to riches almost. But it's it's hard to get on board with that story when it when the curve was so high if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. The one, the one thing I would say about that, and I, I, I don't want to take a sub- subject in a different direction, but is the one thing I always bristle at when people criticise Man City is this idea of them having plastic fans at a point when they were regularly packing out Main Road when they were in the second division. I think it's a little unfair to suggest this isn't a club that didn't have a history until yeah. um, the... Mm. the the owners came in. I, I I think that's a little unfair, and that's just me kind of standing up for football fans more than necessarily the club itself. I think it's very easy. Same with Man United. It's very easy to turn around and criticise a club as you know, oh, they vote, you know, fair weather fans. You know, they only came when the club got money and so on. And it's just, I I, I feel like that's a little unfair. There will be. There will be people who have followed that club since those really dark days who I probably personally feel very happy for that they're getting to watch the club they've supported since they were a kid um, succeed. But yeah. uh, maybe that's just me, glass half full at this point. Yeah, you can't begrudge people who used to watch uh, Mike Sheeran play up front, can you? You cannot. <laughs> uh, okay, so final on the 10th of June in Istanbul. Anybody team... Inter, or does everyone think that City are going to win this? I mean, on on paper, of course, it's City, but I mean, Pep has shown himself in the past to be capable of throwing in some pretty baffling tactical changes. I mean, let's be honest, they should have played uh, Chelsea off the park in 2020, 2021. I can't remember what year it was. And uh, that's when he decided... If I recall, no, oh, you know what? I'm not going to start Kevin De Bruyne. And it's just, he it, is it, still capable of these absolutely baffling brain farts from time to time that, that stop me from saying 100% it's City. But if mm-hmm. he sends out the same team that beat Madrid and puts them in the same way, then yeah, it's absolutely City. It does yeah. feel at the moment that he seems to have, for a little while, almost have a best 11 for a change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I only want good things for Reading Dzeko, and I can kind of see if that forward line, Dzeko and um, Martinez, or Martinez and, and Lukaku, if they click and you've got 
Barella behind. Uh, you got Bastoni at the back, and you got a very good goalkeeper. I could kind of, hopefully. hopefully how do they get? How do they get the ball? Uh, do they get the ball, or do they wait? For but I think you need the ball. You need the ball to try and score, Chris. You do, uh, yeah. but you know there are ways of winning without the ball. Um, and I wonder, maybe can you soak up the pressure and then hit City? I don't know. That's probably why I'm sat here in my um, in a room in my house and I'm not managing into Milan. But you know, that might be just the one reason. There might be many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, elsewhere in uh, Europe this week, it was by Leverkusen nil, uh, Roman nil. Roma go through to the final of the Europa League. One in on aggregate. Bear in mind that they won the Conference League last year, so they're definitely making to the Champions League the hard way. Uh, Sevilla beat Juventus 2 1. That's 3 2 in aggregate. In the Conference League, um, Basel lost 3 1 at home to Fiorentina, who go four, through 4 3 in aggregate. I don't know any of you, if any of you uh, follow Oros Popovich on Twitter, but he, as a Fiorentina fan, thought it was rather hilarious that uh, both Chiesa and Vlaovic joined Juve to win trophies and, you know, they got knocked out in the semis. Uh, and then AZ Outmar nil, West Ham won. Uh, who saw the West Ham fan take on all the Outmar ultras on Twitter? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's fantastic. That was, isn't that it? was pretty outstanding. <laughs> I, I didn't click on any of them of the stuff I saw today on my sort of that comes up on my stupid little aggregator thing when I open a new tab at work. But well, you're not suggest- on Twitter, are you? The suggestion was that from some of these news stories that the West Ham fans were in there having a go, players were in there having a go, sorry, at some point. Yeah. So the West Ham players were in there because the, the Ultras were trying to attack the section where the West Ham players' families were. Uh, but there was this one guy still at the top of the stairs. So bearing in mind, you can only get about sort of two or three people up the stairs at a time. So there might have been hundreds of Ultras trying to attack him, but only a couple of them get up the stairs at any one time. And did, there was they, lots- did, they, did they all go full Eric Dyer? No, no, they didn't. A lot of them went full Liam Gallagher. So, you know, sort of, I can always imagine Liam Gallagher in a fight being held back by about five different people and then him going, no, let go of me, let go of me, let me at them, let me at them. You know, the, the sort of people that are being held back and know they won't actually have to fight, but got to make it sound like they, they were having one. I mean, you are talking to a man who got deported from, from Rotterdam for getting on a fight on a, on a, uh, a ferry, so... Yeah, that's all... He's not done that. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was a different time. I know, exactly. They weren't even famous then. Uh, okay, what else have we got? Championship playoffs. Um, Luton 2, Sunderland 0. Also, I'll show a lock here. Uh, they go into the final against Coventry, who beat Middlesbrough 1-0 for a goal from Gus Hamer. Um, the highlights from the first half of the Borough-Coventry game were 11 seconds long. So that sort of tells you what sort of game that was like. Uh, league on I, can, play. I, can t- I can tell you now, just to save any one of you, you know those um, those tweets that people do at the beginning of every season where they, they list what the Premier League table is going to be and then someone does one that says, like, you cannot predict the season, da, 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 and then it has, like, just one team at the bottom. It's just going to be that and then Coventry. Or Luton. Or Luton, yeah. Yeah. Just spoiler alert, that's what's coming. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Luton in the first division before the Premier League and obviously old enough to remember Coventry in the Premier League. So I'm quite pleased that one of them are going up rather than Middlesbrough or Sunderland. What, because you're old? Because I'm old and because Coventry haven't been there for a while and Luton haven't been there at all. Sunderland and Middlesbrough have been there legs. Middlesbrough haven't been there legs. Middlesbrough haven't been there for ages. They went down in 2017. Middlesbrough? Yeah. 2017? 
Yes, because Liverpool beat them on the last day of the season to get into the Champions League where they reached the final the following year. Oh, that felt like... I, I feel like I can't remember Middlesbrough being there since, like, 2000. I feel like that Leeds have been there more recently, but... Well, yeah, Leeds I mean, have been there more recently. They're out there now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I want this conversation to keep going. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also, League One playoffs yesterday... Um, Sheffield Wednesday were 4-0 down uh, against Peterborough from the first leg. Uh, their manager, Darren Moore, received racist abuse from Wednesday fans, uh, who I think they received a lifetime ban. One uh, Sheffield Wednesday fan filmed himself tearing up his season ticket the next season and then posted it last week after the result. Uh, they might be feeling a little bit foolish because, Nathan, they uh, they brought, not only did they bring the game back to 4 all. Uh, Peterborough then went and scored to make it 5-4 Sheffield Wednesday scored again only to go through on penalties so yeah did you watch that one Nathan? Uh, I saw bits and bats of it I watched the shootout uh, yeah. of course you watched the shoot. that's exactly what I did Nathan I was like <laughs> well a shootout where there's no consequences for me definitely going to watch this <laughs> yeah it was, was kind of like uh I thought I'll just I'll just flick this on for five minutes so I'd watch like five minutes and there was nothing going on I'd switch it over and there was another goal I was like right hang on a minute <laughs> um, but yeah, just just out, just outrageous, like absolutely outrageous. I think I, I think I saw a stat. Don't quote me on this, but I think I saw a stat saying that no one in playoff history has ever come back from a two-goal deficit. Never yeah, mind that's what they were saying on the game. I yeah. think no, I think that maybe a two-goal deficit might be the biggest ever. Right. Which is I might be wrong. Itself, to be honest, I, I thought that was quite surprising. A little. Surprisingly low, given all the playoff drama that we've had. But yeah, I mean, fair play. Considering what you're saying there, Chris, about people ripping up their tickets for the, the game, the next game and stuff. I wonder whether when I turned it on like that, Hillsborough was going to be half empty and people just hadn't bothered to show up. Mm. It was, I mean, was I it going to, was it going to be like those, those Man City fans who leave before Aguero scores <laughs> or, or those Liverpool fans who are in Istanbul airport trying to get an early flight home? Uh, I, yeah, I don't think that, I mean, there can't be any of those that left by the end. I mean, I turned it on sort of for extra time, so it was Hillsborough was a sort of big rocking, bouncing place then. So, um, Chris turned it on to see Peterborough immediately score <laughs> pretty much. Do we feel sorry for the one lone Peterborough player that missed Butler? I think his name was no, no, that shouldn't be associated with Peterborough. What's wrong with Peterborough? I said in the chat, Chris, if you're going to be associated with Adrian Durham, you deserve everything coming your way. Is that where he's from? Adrian Durham is a Peterborough fan, yeah. Is he? Yeah. I quite like Peterborough. I've been there a couple of times to watch them. Don't like Adrian Durham, though, do you? No, I don't. I see. Oh, man. Did you know that Paul um, Genghis Khan was an Everton fan? Sure, of course he was. <laughs> Uh, okay, in the, we had some Premier League games this week as well. So Leicester nil, Liverpool three, two goals from Curtis Jones, and an absolute gorgeous goal from Trent Alexander Arnold, uh, and a nice little ovation from the away fans for Bobby Firmino, uh, who's got his own mural this week as before he plays his final game at Anfield um, on Saturday. Do we all like Bobby Firmino. Is the mural just all teeth? <laughs> it looks. It looks like that guy who presents the. Um, the lottery program where people it's, it's in America where people have won the lottery and they're looking for new houses. It's on Freeview over here. I don't know if any of you've seen it. And this guy sort of shows people around. You watch the sure. last of you, don't you? Yeah. 
I found myself. I found myself watching Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares today. I had to turn over because I thought this is. No, that's good, but that's good TV. Yeah, it's yeah, not, not bothered that. Yeah. <laughs> you picked the your example of bad TV is good TV. No, yeah, it's just a horrible man bullying people. No, is which one were you watching? The U, the, the UK version or the US version? It was an American version. The American version isn't as good because it's over dramatized and clearly like slightly scripted and edited, but it's still it's still good TV, Chris. I watch that on YouTube sometimes when I'm at work. Do you know what? I do the same? <laughs> Not when I'm at work, but when I, I got see five through your, I see through your plan then. Um, <laughs> when I got five minutes to sit on the toilet, I did. Uh, window into my life. Samino <laughs> strikes me as the kind of person who walked into the teeth office person and they gave him an option of like a colour chart between one and five and asked him which one he wanted to go with and he went with seven. <laughs> <laughs> like Ross I'm just wondering when... So I was just saying, I'm just wondering when they're going to commission Etchingham's Toilet Nightmares. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just tune in to watch you in the toilet watching Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. It's like a whole other level of immersion. Nobody wants to see that. My <laughs> is, that like, is that like an extreme version of, like an extreme uh, uh, Hollyoaks late night goggle box version? <laughs> I've got to be honest, there'd be two things. There'd be that. And have any of these seen the people that go around filming industrial estates and then get into fights with the people that own the warehouses they're filming? No. What are you watching? <laughs> it's a very niche thing. So there's these people that go around filming warehouses or factories from the road just to sort of, you know, see how it all works. And then they send a little drone up over the top. But invariably they get spotted and... The factory where, uh, sort of owner or someone from the warehouse comes out, and they end up having a great big argument about you're not going to send your drone over my factory. Yes, I am. I can do it by law and all this sort of thing. And um, they go on for about 10, 15 minutes or so. It just strikes That's, me that as... Chris just enjoys videos of people quoting Magna Carta at people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually going to ask Chris, are you sure the television's on when you're seeing these things? <laughs> just looking out my window. <laughs> I, I, I think that there's, there's, there's five of us on this call. I reckon that in a, if you were to put our YouTube algorithms into a Venn diagram, four of us would have some crossover and you would be out there on your own. <laughs> quite, quite possibly. Uh, yeah, so uh, also this week, Newcastle beat Brighton 4 1. Um, goals from Undaf, uh, Dan Byrne on 49 minutes, Callum Wilson 89 minutes, and Bruno Gimrush on 91 minutes. That kind of annoyed me, that. So Liverpool obviously chasing this fourth Champions League spot. So an own goal and three injury time goals from Newcastle. I'm kind of knocked about that. Um, some leagues around the place uh, in Spain, Barcelona, Champions 85 points, Real Madrid 71, Atleti on 69, uh, Real Sociedad on 62. Um, Valencia play Real Madrid. Valencia are only three points off the relegation zone. Barcelona play Real Sociedad. Atleti play Osasuna. But Sunday night, it's the Seville derby. A Sevilla play Betis. Um, I don't know, but ITV4 have a habit of showing the good uh, Spanish games every six weeks or so when one appears. Hopefully that'll be done. Um, in Italy, Napoli top on 83 points as champion. Juve 69, Inter 66, uh, and Lazio 65. So that's Napoli, Inter, uh, Udinese, Lazio, Empoli, Juventus in Germany. Adam, you're top. Bayern 68 points. Dortmund 67, RB Leipzig 60, Union 59. So it is uh, Augsburg versus Dortmund, Hoffenheim versus Union, and Bayern Leverkusen, uh, sorry, Bayern Munich versus uh, RB Leipzig. 
Uh, in France, it's PSG 81 points, Lons 75, Marseille 73 points. So Augsburg play PSG, Lorient play Lons, and Lille play Marseille. Um, playoff news over here it is the League One playoffs as Barnsley play Bolton, and League Two playoffs as Stockport play Salford, and Carlisle play Bradford. Uh, it's the A League playoffs to get into the grand final, I think, against Sydney FC. So Central Coast Mariners play Adelaide United. Um, Jesse, MLS, uh, it's the Turnpike Derbies, Inter Miami play Orlando and the Cascadia Cup as Vancouver play Seattle. Are you going to watch those? Obviously. All of them. No, I actually can't because you have to pay. Uh, MLS made a deal with oh, yeah. TV Plus. Um, and I'm not paying for that. Some people think that coverage is really good. Some people think it's got teething problems and a little bit meh. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know because I haven't, you haven't I watched, haven't watched it. it. Um <laughs> You don't know how the Red Bulls are doing. Oh, they're terrible. Shit. Yeah. I don't need a television to tell me that. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, in Botswana, it's the Defence Force 11 versus the Extension Gunners. Which team are we, guys? Sorry, I want to take bets on which team or country you'll lead us to next time. I think we should all just pick a random nation and a random team and see who gets the closest. I try and do local derbies from around the world, but I just like the name of those two teams. I don't know if they're um, rivals or not. What, the, the Gunners versus the Defenders? Defence Force 11 versus Extension Gunners. Yeah. So so it's the Defence Force versus the Gunners. Yeah. It does sound a bit like a, like a Star Wars knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bits and bobs of news. Jesse, you've got a new national team manager. Yes. Which, which oh, not team? yet. Ugh, yeah. Yes, sorry, uh, Uruguay. You've got Marcelo Bielsa, haven't you? Yeah. Are you not happy? No. Um, Why? I, going back to what Adam said about managers who are also like um, more of a personality and make it more about them than about the team, we've so rarely had that. Um, and most of these players on our national team and in the uh, U20s came up through Tabares and his whole ethos was like team over person. And I don't know how I feel about a non-Uruguayan manager. Chris, Chris, not just a non-Uruguayan non- manager, but where is, where is Bielsa yeah. from? I was not going to, I tried to be so diplomatic. Yeah, but I saw, I saw straight through you as soon as you went, <laughs> um, as soon as you went down for this, I knew. It's true. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Especially because we're going into Yes, you do. Search your feelings. You know how I you feel. Bad. I feel very bad. I don't like it. Um, and I and I, it's going to be a huge shift from how we because even Diego Alonso came up through Tawade, so this is like totally unknown. On the plus side, you're all right. I am resentful and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> on, on, on the plus side, Ross Bell is now a Uruguay fan with you, so you've got yourself another. That is true, and if Ross can't show up, I know Andy will do it. You've got yourself an additional comrade, so. <laughs> Should we call him like Arroz? <laughs> is that is that you? Uh... Uh, that's me crisifying it, but it also just means right. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to make that any less. Is there <laughs> is there a Spanish for Andrew? Andres. Andro- yeah. Andros. Andres, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Andres Manson. 
Ah. I can work with that. And what is the literal translation for a bell? <laughs> Punto. You can't even curse right when you're trying. <laughs> uh, okay, other bits and bobs of news. Oh, um, also games this weekend. It's the um, African Champions League semi-final second leg. So it's uh, experience the Tunis versus Al Ahly of Egypt. So Al Ahly leading that one three 0 uh, and Weedad of uh, Morocco play Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa. That is nil nil on aggregate from the first leg. Even uh, Ivan Tony got an eight month ban and a fine of fifty thousand um, pounds as he has been found guilty of two hundred and thirty-two betting breaches. Um, at least, it, at least it didn't take the FA all season to come to this conclusion. <laughs> Now it uh, really doesn't matter. Nathan, eight months. Um, should Ivan Tony have racially abused somebody instead and only got 10 games or eight games, whatever Luis Suarez got? He also could have raped somebody and nothing would have happened to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got to wonder where the affairs um, sort of hierarchy of discipline comes from, haven't you? Like, you know, why is betting on so many games oh, Nathan, we know, so, so much worse? Well, this is well. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> we can't. We can't. We can't. You know, break the integrity of the game, but we can. We're all right with breaking the integrity of hu- humanity, apparently. So, <laughs> but, you know. but I think that, like, while people make these these arguments, I don't disagree with them. I think the the, the thing to like take about away, to. No, no, no. I think, but I think the thing to take away from that is the fact that the punishments for the other things are too light. It isn't that this is too extreme. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I thought you were going to go in a completely different direction then. <laughs> no, like, like, no, the punishment for being an absolute wrongman should be much more than, than betting. But this is like systematic. This isn't a flutter on the Grand National, is it? This is a guy. Like, how many games did you say he played? Place bets on 200. 232. Like, that's someone knowingly. And repeatedly breaking the rules. Hmm. I'd also, I'd also, I'd also like to think that he's getting some form of help for that as mm. well, because that surely can't be healthy. You know, I, we, well, it depends. I mean, it, a lot of that depends on on the things in between. That though, how much were these bets, and how like, he, do you know what I mean? He's probably a very rich man. If uh, if he's betting a hundred quid a game on them, because it makes it makes it more interesting to him. I'm not saying that's right, but if you've got his hundred quid is the equivalent of you putting a pound on a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that should be questioned is considering I can't imagine that I imagine the weight of evidence was quite overwhelming. He's been banned for eight months. Um, how he ended up getting an England call up while he was being questioned on this is ridiculous. Yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Jesse, MLS is going to have a, another team in 2025. San Diego are going to join the party. Yes. I actually did know that. And what do you think about that? Um, I think it makes sense. It's a different demographic. Um, people who live in San Diego should not have to, you know, go the two and a half hours to LA. Um, yeah. Until the San Diego team inevitably moves to LA because San Diego is too small a market. Do you think it is just near the other side of the border of Mexico? I think it, I, it was a joke relating to the fact that the, the Chargers left the, the NFL team to go to LA, Chris. Oh, I did not. I, didn't I did not know that. that yeah. If it helps, I knew that. 
There you go. Somebody got it. Thank, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nathan. No problem, mate. I'm glad someone had my back. Andy, did you know that? Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably about 20 years until the entire MLS is based in Las Vegas anyway. So, we're, we're, we're I mean, Las Vegas is also a great option for that joke because they're stealing franchises from <laughs> NFL, NBL, um, MLB, all over the place. So, yeah. Those are the two things that I could not even, I couldn't even spell those two leagues. Regardless <laughs> tell you anything that happened. But I think San Diego also has an NWSL team and that, Hopefully, it will be a good opportunity for them to put on some double headers and support each other. Oh, good. Um, and finally, I've got your news here. English football is looking to clamp down on dissent. Uh, so far this season, 534 cards have been issued in the top four leagues. That compares with 477 last season and 432 the season before that. We're all getting angrier, folks. Sorry, are those cards specifically for dissent? Yes. Okay. What do they characterise as dissent? Telling the referee to fuck off. Oh, sure. <laughs> just as a start. Adam, <laughs> Adam, could you could you list out all the sentences that would get you booked for dissent? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about a Tourette's from you. Yeah, I, do, I get to direct them towards you, do I? Yeah, imagine I'm a referee. <laughs> imagine you're Ashley Barnes, the angry Burnley player, and imagine I am uh, Mark Clattenburg. I wouldn't do that to you, Chris. I'm not sending you to beg Brian. <laughs> Fair enough. Your self-esteem is far too shallow. That is true. That is true. Right. Um, before we do the next section, uh, oh, I'll just take a little drinky poos. Hang on. I've got a sore throat. Um, I need just, um, just quickly on the dissent thing, is it is it a bit of a double-edged sword? Like I'm not condoning dissent in any way, shape, or form. But by the same token, does it feel like the officiating has got slightly worse as well? To the point uh, where some, some decisions players are just completely irate. At the, it's like, what are you seeing that the 50,000 fans and the 22 players and the rest of the staff are, are, are not seeing? Shouldn't matter though, should it? Grown men should no, be able that, to behave themselves. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like I said, don't condone dissent, but are, are people just getting a little bit more irate because they feel the officiating is not as up to standard as it should be. No, yeah. I think it's because they're balanced. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just like to remind people, though, that up in Scotland, uh, the leader of the Scottish Conser- Conservatives is yeah. an official, and therefore I think actually criticising referees should be completely fair game. There's always an exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Didn't the Celtic fans have a particular message for him? Uh, yeah, they think Douglas Ross says I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's what the that's what the sign said. I couldn't possibly say they met, it, it wasn't like a handheld sign, it's like an enormous piece of tifo, wasn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they, they put <laughs> a lot of effort into that. On an aeroplane. Yeah. <laughs> um, um uh, what I, just a little bit on this is like the reason that I think that this is so, is so important is because this is the stuff that filters down into lower league and grassroots football. Yes, and you've been a lower league and grassroots football referee, haven't you? Yeah, and sometimes I was scared for my life from some parents in some very rough parts of town. Um, with, uh, with the rough parts of town where you live, do they have margarine instead of real butter? <laughs> there's, there's, there's far fewer swimming pools in people's back gardens, Chris. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like... 
like we all know that like kids kids especially do things to uh imitate their idols like i've had story reports of like kids that like eight eight year old eight uh, under eight games or whatever doing that like hand over the mouth thing when they're talking to their teammates <laughs> because that's what yeah. that's what Kevin De Bruyne does right that's what yeah well all these all the all their their favorite players do so when they also see them screaming and swearing at referees that it, that's the acceptable face of it in the Premier League yeah I mean they did that in La Liga a few years ago they gave officials a lot more power to like squash dissent um it hasn't made like a, a hugely noticeable difference. What I think so strange about it is I just think that I think that talking about like linked to what Nathan's saying is I think that set, accepting dissent in itself is is weak officiating. I think that the, the problem is very easy to fix and it is just give yellow cards straight away. Yeah. Yeah. When have we seen officials be cohesive about their decisions well it's like it's like the same argument you see about sort of like um uh players like grabbing uh at corners and free kicks and stuff where you go like that's a penalty you're like well that's a penalty you'd give 10 penalties a a game fine exactly yeah but the people forget that, that, that these things are punishments and deterrents and that they affect behavior so when you apply them properly behavior changes yeah yeah um, right for the next piece, Adam and uh, Andy, I need you both to pick a number. So I need you to pick either uh, two, three, uh, okay. I need you to pick either uh, two, three. Whoa. I'm not saying this is badly thought out, but maybe if you. <laughs> If you'd arranged it so it was like one to five, so no, I can't do it that way. Yeah, that's number one. Hey. <laughs> okay, so I need you to pick uh Andy, give me a number two, three, five, or seven. 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 Okay. What a system. At the end, of course, at the end, I I insist that you explain this to me, but we can do it. Well, you will do, you will do. Uh, Adam, give me number two, three, or five. Two, please. Two, right. Okay, so it is the Oceania Champions League uh, this week. Uh, We picked teams last week, Nathan and Jesse, didn't you both? Uh, As you have picked number seven, Andy, you have picked uh, Perea of Tahiti. Uh, Adam, you'll love this. You've picked uh, Lupe Oli Soaga of Samoa. Sure. Right. I'm going on mute now. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. These are your teams <laughs> to the Cham- Oceania Champions League. So, uh, in Group A, um, after two games, Auckland City are top on six points. Suva are on three points. Do you remember, uh, Nathan and Jesse, do you remember your teams? Uh, I got the Solomon Warriors, I think. You did. Jesse, do you remember yours? Sure. If you give me a second. By giving you a second, oh. does that mean telling you? Yes. <laughs> you oh, got no, no. Pe- I got Hikari United. You did of Papua New Guinea. So uh, there's your teams. Uh, so after two games, Auckland City are top in Group A, followed by Suva, Solomon Warriors, uh, both on three points. And then finally, it's Adam's team. 
It's Lupe Ola Suaga. Uh, so uh, earlier on this week, Suva lost 3-1 at home to Auckland City and Simon Warriors beat Lupe Nathan. Yes, um, yeah, go Solomon Warriors. So this week, uh, Lupe are playing um, Auckland City and the Solomon Warriors are playing Suva. So you've got a chance to make ground on um, on the top spot there. Uh, right, in uh, Group B, you've picked well here, Andy. So Pire are top on four points. Then it's Hikari United on three. Uh, Tiger Sport on three. And then it is Ifara Blackbird uh, on one point. So this week, um, Tiger... Uh, Beat Hikari 1 0. Sorry, Jesse, you lost. Uh, and Ifara drew two. Rebuilding. Huh? Rebuilding. This is You're rebuilding. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And Ifara drew 2 2 with Pere. Uh, so this weekend it is uh, Tiga versus Ifara, but that also means it's a man on the post derby as Hikari play Pere. So, oh, Jesse no. and Andy, how are you feeling? Nervous, excited, um, you know, all the things. Hmm. I'm I'm still coming to the terms with the fact that these are real teams. <laughs> Andy, are you going to follow these teams with a, you know you're going to follow this team with your heart? Uh, I'll follow them with about as much passion as I follow anything these well, days, which, as you can tell from my voice, is extremely passionate. <laughs> the Oceania, the Oceania Football Confederation, you will both all, all be pleased to know, uh, stream these games live and free on both their YouTube channel and on Facebook. That's exciting. Uh, that, these things being streamed on something that your 70-year-old racist granny uh, has an account on seems unlikely. <laughs> YouTube as well. Okay, you your, your, your 40-year-old racist <laughs> sibling. <laughs> right, I should... There's a lot of family that I don't Me have. watching Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, so I swear, you, if you mess with my uh, YouTube <laughs> algorithm, Chris, I'm not going to be happy about this. Uh, Adam, I'm afraid your Lupe are on no point so far. Oh no! However, will I cope? Well, you're playing. Well, I think you're going to be on no point after this weekend. You're playing Auckland City, so. Oh no! Well, Nathan was looking at buying a top last week, weren't you? I, I did try and find a top because I found. I found a picture of the kit and it looked quite nice. So I thought, I'll see if I can buy one. And I, I couldn't find one anywhere. So if anyone can find a Solomon Warriors shirt that can fit a six foot four, 300 pound guy, let me know. Could you just go, go down? Could you like go down the mill and just make your own sort of like <laughs> knockoff ones? Well, I, I do know someone who makes knockoff ones. So that, that was my next option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm finding it very difficult to be invested in teams that presumably within the next 20 years will all be underwater anyway. So <laughs> make, make the most of them. Until they, re- until they relocate to San Diego to fill a gap. <laughs> they are good friends to watch because the, the, the pitches are lovely. It's great watching football matches in like a tropical jungle. It's fabulous. You should all give it a It's great to play there. No, but luckily we don't have to. We can just watch and, you know. Watch. When, when you have to watch like a physio run on, run on with anti-venom. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, right, let's get back to uh, the Premier League. Um, Saturday at the Premier League at 12.30, Spurs versus Brentford. Uh, Jesse, Spurs' last uh, six games, they have lost four, drawn one, won one. Um, Brentford have... 
won three at their last four and guaranteed a top half finish. Um, how are you feeling about this tomorrow? You're just waiting for the season to be over. Is that what you're Correct. doing? Yes. Although, again, I'm glad that we got rid of Lucas Mora and have for now defascists our team. Uh, will you be watching Harry Kane's last home match? Uh, <laughs> oh, <Lane? laughs> okay, shut up. And no, I... will, will you? I'm asking. I'm, I'm genuinely asking because. Oh, as in, will it be his last game? Not will Jesse be watching it? Right. <laughs> That's how oh, I heard it. As Jesse, I heard it as Jesse being like, are you, "And are you going to watch Harry Kane for the last time?" That's enjoy it, enjoy of, it while you can. I yeah, kind of am exactly asking it. Like it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of how I asked it. I mean, we'll be watching him at White Hart Lane for the last time in a spare ship. It's quite early in the morning for Jesse. This is what true. It's twelve thirty morning. It's half past seven. You could do that. I am still. We talked about this. I'm. I'm sad that because of mismanagement, we're probably going to lose rightfully for them Kane and Richarlison if not you know more people who we could have nurtured and and given space for I, I want to know why this game's on TV because yeah. YouTube is showing uh, Hikari United <laughs> <laughs> hey this could be the last time you watch um, watch Jane Comfrey this weekend isn't it guys he's leaving BT Sport what a shame he's off to go and be high performance elsewhere is he going to go and invent, reinvent the podcast that he... <laughs> exactly. Uh, somebody cheered. Um, Andy, Jesse, it... Jesse, why do you think Rich- you'll lose Richarlison? Where's Richarlison going? Is he oh, going to be... Happy. Is he going to go be na- mates with... Bezzy mates with Neymar? He's been... Ugh, he's been so unhappy and, and he hasn't gotten playing time. And he's been spectacular for the national team. There's no reason for us to have done what we did to him. Is it not? Because I thought he was hurt. Not the whole time, no. Then can we have him back, please? No, I want him. I love him. Um, I, I think he'd score well, a lot of goals. I think he to play in the championship. I, I, was about to, I was about to say, Andy, I think he scored a lot of goals in the championship. No takesy-backsies. Uh, somebody cheered Jesse up. Can somebody see Spurs winning this? No. I don't think anyone cares, including Brentford. <laughs> or Jesse. Or Tottenham fans, yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Okay, so we'll move on to ball. I, I think you, sorry, Chris, before you just, I think you might have, have hit the nail on the head that the most interesting thing about this game might be Harry Kane's reaction at full time. Yes. Yes. He'll cry. His kids will come on the pitch. Because I think that will give a sense of where his head is at. Yeah. Uh, so this is, the, they won't have their last game at home, will they? I doubt it. Uh, no, wait, leads next weekend. So, yeah. Yes, if he goes to all four corners of the ground and starts applauding. Yeah. That'll be it. Uh, as a, okay. as I apologise. I, I need to don my Arsenal fan hat for a minute. Imagine thinking Harry Kane's going to have enough ambition to leave Spurs. Come on. <laughs> He'll still be there next season. <laughs> Do you think he's talking to his brother yet? Uh, Bournemouth versus Manchester United, three o'clock. The Russell Beardsmore Derby. Marcus Rashford is a doubt. Um, Manchester United got 38 competitive wins this season. That's the most since the 10-11 season. Uh, and Bournemouth have got zero goals this season from penalties or free kicks. But they conceded a league-high 27 from penalties and free kicks. So if you want to score against Bournemouth, you've got to get a fouls from them, Nathan. Uh, yeah, which seems to happen quite often. So why not? Exactly. Anyone see anything other than the Manchester United win? Are Bournemouth on... Um, 
what Jesse might call the beach. I, I think Bournemouth will want a point to be entirely sure. And given it's against United, I think they might get it. Oh, okay. I think they, they, I think they are sure. I don't, I, I don't think they can mathematically go down. Or can they not? Well, maybe they no, because then. But even then, I, I just Leeds, think... Leeds can only get to thirty-seven, so Bournemouth are safe. Oh, okay. Well, I am. Um, I actually want to know. Make what, our point. <laughs> I actually want to know why um, why Harry Kane's not talking to his brother. Has his brother got all Philip Schofield on him? No, his brother's his agent, isn't he? Oh, right. Okay. That's very, that's very different to Philip Schofield's brother. His brother is his agent, and his brother has one client. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lucrative job. It is. He had one job, getting a move to Manchester City. Um, uh, Chris is just trying to sort of will a, a Manchester United dropping points into existence here, but... Quite possibly I am, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that... Ten Hag will have them focused enough on the, the um, on the job in hand, and I think that Bournemouth have very little left to play for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fulham versus Crystal Palace in the Breda Hangland derby. Uh, Wilfried Zaha has done his hamstring, um, and he won't be playing. And he may well have played his last game for the club because he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, Crystal Palace won five out of eight under Roy Hodgson. Um, Michael Lise has got 10 assists all season. Carlos Vinicius has got three goals in the last four games. Andy, how do you think this one's going to go? I don't believe Roy Hodgson has turned Palace <laughs> around quite as much as he has. I mean, was it always like to solidify them? Yes. I don't think anybody saw the run of form they've been on in the last couple of months coming. Um so Hamilton will be a blow. Fulham will want to, I think that's maybe their last home game of the season. They'll want to finish on a, a, a pretty decent season on a high. So, yeah, I think Fulham will, will nick this one. Yeah. Everybody agree with them or can anyone see anything different? So you, said, you, you said that um, Zaha isn't, isn't, isn't playing, he's injured. He's got hamstring, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've all got hamstrings, Chris. Yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Fulham will win. Yeah, Nathan, sorry, what were you saying? I'll throw a draw in just to be different. Go on then, Jesse. Uh, but now you've decided to be different. Now I can't because it's not different enough. But the thing is, <laughs> do I really care about this match? No. You could say the match might be abandoned. Oh. Yeah, yeah. let's go with like... It's a what? Unrest at Craven Cottage? <laughs> no, I'll go. There will be a dog on the pitch. And everybody will be so excited to rescue him. Nobody will care about this match. I think Craven Cottage is the one ground in the Premier League where a dog could get on the pitch. Yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah. Well... There's gaps, Jesse. There's literally a cottage. (laughs) Yeah, and then they'll name the dog Cheese, like Cottage Cheese, and it will be all we can talk about. A Michael Jackson statue will gain sentience and invade the pitch. And body slam the referee for no other reason than it can. That That's must how this be taken, game will get abandoned. That must have been taken down. I'm assuming it has been, yeah, but it must be in storage somewhere. I mean, if it hasn't been taken down, they're making some very bad decisions. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the documentary was overwhelming, Chris. I've not seen it. I know he has issues, or had. I've not seen his documentary. Is it good? Uh, it depends if you think child abuse is, is good. Well, no, I don't. But, then, you know. then, then no, it's not good. It's interesting, that doesn't mean the but it's program, not good. 
I was going to say that doesn't mean the program is bad, though, does it? Yeah, but you're not getting me. You're not catching me in a soundbite saying that. <laughs> I just finished Race Across the World this week. If anyone wants to watch something on uh, on catch up, I can highly recommend that. Were you watching that on the toilet as well? No, I was watching that in my front room, which isn't a toilet, as I found out to my cost. Um, Liverpool versus Aston Villa, three o'clock, the Ray Houghton derby. I've written here, Bobby, with a uh, sad face and tear coming out of the sad face. Jesse, I don't want him to go. I know, but think of who you still have. You have other Brazilian fascists. You have a coach with big teeth. It's like you'll never really lose him. This is true. This is true. Uh, Mo Salah needs one goal for um, 20 Premier League goals in five out of his six seasons he's been with Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool have won their last seven and they've... That's not right. I've written they've won 14 out of... Oh, no! they won 14 out of 15... No. Hang on. 14 out of 15 what, Chris? Bear games, with of, your... games of Uno they played on the way to the game. Hang on. Hang on. Let me... Go to right here. We go. Team news, match facts. Liverpool have won 14 of their 15 most recent league matches played in May. Oh, that's an important stat. Wow, how many of those have been on like a Tuesday afternoon? And how literally, many literally been... none, Jesse, because what? you'll how be lucky if you been... get two league games in May most of the time. No. All right. Yeah. How many of them have been on a rainy day within 300 miles of the coast? <laughs> I mean, they're all within 300 miles of the coast. Um, but what else was I going to say? Oh, Villa have guaranteed a top half finish. They're first in 12 years. So should we all say nice things about Aston Villa? No. You're not going to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> they've, run, they've run out of steam at just the wrong time. I think, yeah, um, yeah Liverpool will win this game. I, I mean, full credit to you and I, Emery, who I'm personally delighted for, as I've spoken about on the podcast before, because I think he's been, as tends to be the case with British sports media, uh, cast as a poor manager just because of one bad experience at a club where he, where he clearly wasn't a great fit for a club that was going into tra- uh, transition. Um just being pedantic, yeah. Andy, but it was two bad, two bad jobs, right? What? I don't yeah. disagree with you, but he was bad at PSG as well. Oh, sorry, I'm talking specifically about just in the and in, in the Premier League. Ah, okay. um, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a great PSG either. He he oversaw the um, the remontada, didn't he? I think the the six one. Yes, yeah, Barcelona. Yes, I, I, I thought that was the case. Um. But yeah, I mean, you don't win, again, as many European trophies with Sevilla as, as he did and, and Villarreal, you know. Well, no, they're in the final again, so that might not be true. It might, You might be able to, Chris might be able to win the, the Europa League at Sevilla. <laughs> I'd give that a go. I reckon, I reckon you I'll just turn up, Chris. I reckon you probably do it. I reckon, I, as, as a player manager as well. As a player manager? <laughs> right, come on. We're stretching credulity. Yeah, put, put yourself in goal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barking orders. 
<laughs> in English, none of them understand anything. Chris is just Bloody right. saying it slower and louder. Well, no, but we've established I can speak fluent Spanish. Right, true. Yeah. El, El Marco, El Marco. <laughs> and you know, that probably means you can also speak fluent Italian and Portuguese if you really applied yourself. Yeah, see. See, see, see. <laughs> uh, Wolves versus Everton, three o'clock. And Julian Lescott Derby. Only Manchester United and Manchester City have more wins at home in 2023. Um, and Wolves have got 10 clean cheeks this season at home. That's the second most. Uh, they are, are also. All, are we all looking forward to Everton's final um, away game in the Premier League? Well, I was also going to say they're also the only team to be bottom at Christmas. Um, sorry, only the fourth team to be bottom on Christmas Day in the Premier League and avoid relegation. So. Uh, they are on a bit of a run, aren't they, Adam? How do you think your former team, Everton, will get on? Uh, not well. well. What about that 5-1 at Brighton? Yeah, that was a, a classic case of us using up all of our goals. Oh, really? Okay. We should have just won that game 2-1. And you could have saved them all for here? Saved those other three goals, yeah. Yeah? You're not confident at all? Uh, no, because Everton are shit. Okay. Nathan, cheer him up. Or don't, because that'd be more fun. <laughs> uh, draw. A draw I'd take, not- take that. I would take that. I think, I, I think I'm saying draw to all the games that I really yeah. couldn't care less about. I think that's what's happening which is, here. Which so far is all of them. Yeah, every game that's come up so far, I thought, yeah, that'll be a draw. And I'm thinking, no, it's not going to be a draw. I just can't be. I'm just not bothered either way. <laughs> I'm, so un- I'm so uninvested. I'm not even going to think about this. Yeah, I'm just going to go draw. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jesse and Andy, are you going to riff on Adam's pain here? See if you were to look up the dictionary definition of a nil-nil draw, Wolverhampton oh, really? versus Everton, I think, would probably be there. Honestly, guys, honestly, I would take a draw. Yeah, well, I think you'll, I genuinely think you'll get it. Um, Wolves aren't exactly... Um, sticking the ball in the net themselves with alarming regularity. Um, They're safe. Again, they've got nothing to play for. In some ways, I don't think the result of this game matters because I think everyone's just about done enough. It all comes down to next week anyway. Yeah, and the form Leeds and Leicester are in, I I, I find it very difficult to believe either of them is going to get the points they need to get themselves at out of the relegation zone. But I think Everton will go some way to helping themselves by uh, coming away with a point from this one. All right. Uh, Forest versus Arsenal, half past five in the Kevin Campbell derby. No Martinelli or Zinchenko. Uh, Forest got seven points in the last four games, um, but zero clean sheets in their last 15. Um, Arsenal themselves, they dropped seven points in their first 19 Premier League games, but 20 points in their next 17. So... Um, They've not had, obviously, as good a second start uh, half of the season as they did to the start. Please, that, please, are you tr- Are you trying to suggest that they're bottling it with stats? <laughs> no, I deliberately did not say that because that's not the case. What I would say is if Arsenal could lie down and have and sort of um, uh, and let Forrest run all over them for the sake of Everton being relegated, I would much appreciate that. Please, Andy, Nathan, if you could put a call in. <laughs> I, I, for what it's worth, I don't think that will happen. And I think Arsenal... Brighton are a different prospect from from Nottingham Forest. I think Nottingham Forest obviously are, are are still are they still mathematically able to go down? Are they? Yeah, safe? I think they, I they I think, can still go down. Yeah, I think they can, but it would take um, it would take Leicester 
getting four points from their next two games. Or yeah. Leeds um, getting three. Okay. So oh, yeah, and I, Everton, so I think it would take e- it would take Everton and Leeds both winning games. Right, okay. So the forest are pretty much safe then. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Arsenal Again, I don't know if I'd go as far as bottling it. I don't know if you could say you bottled, bottled it, it against. So you can't say they bottled it. But you can say they bottled it. And I can that understand why. Have to be a bad thing. Yeah, like, I can you, understand why it is seen as a bottling, but I just I. I they were top of Christmas. I look at how six months the ago City have been unbelievable recently. They've just beat Real Madrid four 0 I don't yeah. see how you can look at the form they've been in for the last two months, where it has been. Inevitable. You, Arsenal, Arsenal act independently of Manchester City, apart from the game they played against them. Arsenal's yeah, next win. I understand why people could are going to call it a bottle job. I just think it's that it's different from like 2015 when they beat Leicester to put themselves top of the league and should have kicked on and won it from there and didn't and ended up finished. What did they finish? I can't remember if they finished second or third that season, but. Far enough behind, yeah. Third, I think, because it was Spurs that finished second. Um, that is a bottle job. This is <sighs> if... <laughs> like, it is kind of a bottle job. It I'm is a bottle job. It's not. If I it it's is... not, but, it... but when you've played teams, the quality of the... Brighton are a very good team. Manchester City are probably the best team the Premier League's ever seen. What That's about two what of the about, games we've lost? What about West Ham and Southampton? Yeah, uh, those are only good results. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, earlier on in the season, City had those kinds of games as well. It's just that they've been more consistent when they needed to be. And again, part of that comes down to Arsenal maybe not having the winners' mentality that City have got. It comes down, it definitely comes down to squad depth because I think you can look at the exact moment when Arsenal's title run ended, and that was when Saliba went down with an injury. And we've struggled to put together a team that that compensates for his absence since then. But yeah, I don't. I, I just I can't. I'm finding it really difficult to look at this season negatively, considering no, the, where we were last season. No, no, but the, the thing, they're two different things. It, it, you can say that Arsenal bottled winning the title, and you can also look at it and say that you've currently got eighty odd points. You've been in a title race, and you're going to finish second. And that all of those things are good, and it's been a great season for Arsenal. That doesn't that, that doesn't mean that you didn't also have a great chance of winning the league, which you bottled. One more win gives Arsenal their most number of wins in a Premier League season. They've been as good as they have ever been and still not won because there's 115 reasons, at least, why City could well win this league. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, even if you consider that we've, we've bottled it this season, retroactively, when we're handed this league title and City get relegated to the Championship, we'll be fine <laughs> anyway, so... you're. I'll, t- I'll gladly take uh, I'll gladly take a title win by default. Default, the best two words in the English language according to Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leeds versus West Ham, half past one uh, on Sunday in the Leeds Chapman derby. Um, I've written how bothered will West Ham be? They've lost four out of five in the uh, uh, in the Premier League. Twenty three percent of Leeds's points this season came in the opening three games, and since the start of last season, worryingly, this includes Marcelo Bielsa, Jesse. Um, they conceded 150 league goals since the start of last season. That's the most of any team in the top five European leagues. Jesse, how do you think this one's going to go? You said my name twice. Was I supposed to answer a first section on that? 
No, I just I wanted to remind you that you're due to talk now. Oh, I've just really been enjoying listening to you all. <laughs> How do you think this game is going to go? Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, I said your name twice so you could listen. That's the problem. West Ham. <laughs> Sorry, Adam? The, he confused you by, by saying your name too many times. How are you supposed to focus on the, on the game? Jesse Loesch, Jesse Loesch, how do you think Leeds, Jesse Loesch versus Jesse Loesch, West Jesse Loesch, Ham Jesse Loesch will go, Jesse Loesch? See, that is confusing. Um, ugh, I mean, I'm not going to say that West Ham is going to win. I'm going to say that Leeds is going to lose. Oh, okay. Uh, she obviously didn't have, hear that. Does the anyone fact else that... think that Leeds have anything going for them? Yeah, the, the, fact of, the fact that West Ham players were in a brawl on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. They I'm lost sure. four out of five, West Ham. Yeah. I, again, I'm not saying West Ham is good. I'm just saying I don't... Where are the goals going to come from? And also, can they shore up their non-existent defence at the same time? This is true. Uh, anybody disagree with her? Nathan, are you going for a draw? No, I'm going to go for a Leeds win. Oh! Yeah, I'm concerned that I can see Leeds winning this game. Okay. I think there's still there's still a big result to happen at the bottom of the table, and I think this is going to be it. It's going to really. Put I, I just, I just purely think there could be some uh, a West Ham hangover. Yeah, possibly. All right, Andy. I mean, we're pointing out that West Ham have lost four out of five, but Leeds aren't exactly and sparkling form at the moment um, it's just they don't have the players to do what I think Sam Allardyce would normally do in this blueprint um, he is lumbered at the moment with a striker in Bamford who is possibly one of the most short of confidence strikers I think I've ever seen in the Premier League um, he just looks an absolute shadow of of what he is capable of. Um, West Ham, I understand the hangover argument. I personally think there might be a bit of buoyancy around that. Um, so I am going for a West Ham win. All right. Okay. Uh, Brighton versus Southampton. Does anyone actually want to talk about that game? No. No. Okay. Uh, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Uh, four o'clock in the Terry Feenan derby. I think a win gives City the title. Um, City won all 15 games at home in all competitions in 2023 and since uh, the, since their last league defeat in February uh, Manchester City have been behind in a game for a total of 10 minutes and 56 seconds so that's obviously not very long um, Chelsea can still finish in the bottom half uh, they scored only 36 league goals and that's the same number as Erling Haaland they've not sk- scored fewer than 40 since 1924 um, what do you mean still finish in the bottom half? They can't not finish in the bottom half, I don't think. Could they finish in the top half? Oh, they'd have to win all three of their games and there get you a go. single point. I didn't realise didn't realize Chelsea had a game in hand. Apologies. There you go. Uh, so, yes, um, is Lampard going to be making history, scoring fewer than 40 goals? Yes. Of course he is. <laughs> He's quite <laughs> <like> Lampard. <laughs> um I'm, I want to take this opportunity to ask Jesse how she feels about the fact that Spurs didn't try and get Pochettino back. And I realise there is there is always danger 
possibly bringing back a manager. Is but I mean, good? letting them go to Chelsea <laughs> feels almost like a dereliction of duty. But you're assuming that you're assuming that they didn't try. Yeah, I, I think they probably didn't because I just don't trust that club to know what they're doing about most things. Yeah, but do you trust Chelsea to know what they're doing? So does that necessarily mean that Pochettino is a good idea? I thought he, I thought he had signed with Chelsea. I'd be honestly, I he has signed with Chelsea, Jesse. He has, okay. Yeah. You're very contrarian tonight. Who, Ross Bell? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Not normally as like opposed, this. As opposed <laughs> to his other days? He's taking Ross, advantage. Ross. He's, he's under the, the veil of anonymity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking with um, a guy at work about this, about, about Pochettino. Oh, God. Not your bloody weird WhatsApp groups again, is it? No, this is a guy at work where I have to be normal because it's face to face. And um, we were, we, I, I was posing the question about whether, if you're a big name manager, do you take the Chelsea job because it's a free hit and no one's going to judge you if you fail? You don't think they will? But has it not become a laughing stock to the point where if you're like, if you, if you were like, Say you're Manchester City and Guardiola's just left and you're throwing names out for who's going to come in and replace them. And you'd be like, oh, um, Pochettino. And he'd be like, oh, but he did get fired by Chelsea. And you'd be like, ah, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, and if somebody got fired by Chelsea, I think there's a risk there. I think maybe if it was like, you know, Ancelotti or Mourinho again, but I think Pochettino doesn't yet have that kind of stature that he can afford to like fail at a failing club so we're saying that even though it's Chelsea so in that case I would I the the next argument would be if you're Pochettino why go to Chelsea because it's a basket case ka-ching ka-ching yeah yeah so then we are saying that he doesn't then but he must also see the money as because let's be honest the money's going to be good at Chelsea, but if he'd gone back to Spurs or has been at PSG, the money's always good. Hmm. Like, the Real Madrid job's about to become available. The money's always good. I'm I'm with Adam in this one because I think Todd Bowley himself acts as the buffer. I think, I think, there's, I think he's right in terms of the aspect of the free hit where I think that the next manager who goes into that job and it's going to be Pochettino... Is essentially shield. I mean, but some of the stories that we've heard about um, Todd Bowley, I think there was a story out today, wasn't there, that he tried to take a bunch of kids into the Chelsea dressing room at half time during a game when Tuchel was still there. I feel like Bowley, and with the amount of money he's already spent, and the fact that he seems to want to walk into the dressing room and, and criticize players and so on, it almost feels like Pochettino will be able to walk away from this relatively scratch three at the end of it because it will be a simple case for his people to go out and say, well, you've seen how crazy Todd Bowley is and how things work at Chelsea. So I, I, I tend to agree, actually, that this is a... To me, this is an easy job for Pochettino because if it goes wrong, he's got a, he's already got a built-in excuse that will kind of shield him from some of the criticism that he might get elsewhere. Okay, uh, right, and the last guy, just to let you know, when I talked about Adam's WhatsApp groups, Andy and Nathan, he's got a WhatsApp group dedicated to XG. It's not dedicated to XG. 
You're getting, uh, you're getting confused with the WhatsApp group I have about dedicated about playing the game Hearts in a pub. I feel uh, like okay. I've heard about these groups before. <laughs> <laughs> Probably have. You, uh, you can join if you want, Andy. I can add you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fanny Monday, Newcastle versus Leicester. Eight o'clock, the Newcastle Davies has derby. Can anyone see anything other than Leicester not losing? No, Leicester are genuinely terrible. Um, Leicester are genuinely terrible and I'll tell you what I I watched um, some of the game on Monday night because I needed to make sure that 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 Liverpool didn't fuck Trent really is that good well no but I I was I I was tagged out by them once you scored two I was like this is enough but they don't they don't have a pulse anymore I can stop watching (laughs) Um, I think that Tillemans is obviously running down his contract. They know he's going to leave. It doesn't strike me as a great sign when you're making someone who's got nearly got both feet out the door and you're making them club captain. Mm. Um, yeah, that almost feels like a testimonial move. It's like, <laughs> then, thanks for your service. Here you go. Have the armband for a few weeks. But then I also watched, was watching the game and at the beginning, and I looked at that, um, Leicester first eleven, and I I think that ten of those players get into Everton's team. Yeah, I, I don't think the problem at Leicester is necessarily the personnel. I've been I've been saying for for months now that if you look at that bottom eight, Leicester have probably get the best like first 13, 14 players in any of those bottom eight clubs. But it's just again, uh, it's such a malaise with. Apart uh, from Rogers, apart from Declan Rice, yeah. So sorry, I, I mean like the thirteen, fourteen as a collective. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's then, not yeah, necessarily I that I think they've got the best thirteen, fourteen players, but as a kind of nucleus of a team, I think they've probably got the best. But they get into such a malaise with Rogers, um, and haven't they been able to pull themselves out? Yeah, I, I think Rogers is going to have to take a huge chunk of the responsibility. Um, he won't because it's Brendan Rodgers and we know what his ego is like, but he needs to take a fair amount of the blame as to why Leicester are going to go down this season. Okay, right. Okay, that brings the end of our Premier League roundup, uh, brings the end of our podcast. Uh, we are Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post network. You can find us uh, on Twitter or Instagram at Man of the Post. You can find us on Facebook and give us a like as well. Um, you're Andy, aren't you? The other Scottish one. Ali. Ali and uh, Dave and Simon and possibly Carl will be back on Monday to review the games that we've been previewing. It's not um, every day you get to see the xenophobia working like in real time, is it? <laughs> I've been putting up with us for months at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Scottish accent and it's the name that starts with an A and ends in a Y. It's hard, all right? The other one. Bloody hell. <laughs> you ever seen them in person? How are you sure they're not the same person? Well, this is true. Yeah. That's true. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Are, well, you, are, you, are you trying to suggest that, that man on the post just has some sort of tokenism sort of situation going on? Where there has <laughs> yeah. to be a, a token Scot. A Scot. A yeah, token Scot. <laughs> sometimes I forget if I'm supposed to be me or Emma on a call. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, Bobby from Still Game wasn't available. So. Um, there we go. Uh, right. Uh, you can find us on Acast and Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can 
um give us a like or a follow and all your future episodes will fall automatically into your inbox if you like we hear you can give us a five-star review uh, and that uh, will give us an enormous sense of uh, of well-being uh right so nathan if they want to follow you on twitter how do they do that i am at fmcm underscore fc andy how do they follow you on twitter and uh, they can follow me at the jock no the other one <laughs> Uh, Jesse, if people want to follow you and ask you why are you tweeting during uh, the recording of a podcast, how do they do that? I mean, they should never notice that, but they should go to at C. Etchingham 77. Uh, Ross Bell, you're uh, not on, well, you, Ross Bell is on Twitter. Adam, you're not on Twitter anymore because David Bedell told you not to be. Yeah. Is Ross Bell on Twitter? He is. What's his username? Oh, well, I couldn't tell you, I don't know. Ross, at Ross Bell something? At Ross Bell underscore underscore, I think, isn't it? I think sure. there. Are there two underscores? I think he's got two. That's just complicated. I think so. Like, it feels like you've gone really, really haven't managed to get get the A the A username if you had to go double underscore. Well, he used to be at Ross Bell 84, didn't he? So presumably yeah. he's taken away any reference to his age, which people listening to this will now know. It's a crafty move. When is Chris Etchingham 77 going to do the same? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Uh, right, guys, thank you ever so much, and always remember to keep your man in the post. Hey!